Welcome to this episode of Thriving Through Menopause, to my regular listeners and for those of you that this might be the first time you're tuning in. I'm Clarissa Christensen and today we're talking about strong, healthy women. That kind of resonates well with me and I know that it's something that my guest today has really an expert. She spent 20 years in the fitness industry but didn't get going in this space till she was in her 40s. Uh, so I'm delighted to welcome today Peter Gillian, all the way from Australia. She is the founder of Strong Healthy Women. She's also an international best-selling author, and she's helped tens of thousands of women, I would say, to be able to be fitter, healthier, and live lives that are much, much better because of it. Welcome to the show, Peter. Oh, thanks, Clarissa. I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, and I think, you know, you are somebody who has had so much history and journey in this space and, and your own journey. I mean, that's maybe a good place to start. How did you move from working in IT and some of your health issues to being where you are today? <laughs> mm, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. So I didn't get into health and fitness until I was in my 40s and I had this a health issue and a sudden realization that if I did nothing, I was going to go down the same track as all the women in my family. So at a very young age, I, I lived with my mother and my grandparents. And so I saw the impact of preventable diseases um, and the effects of not being able to get around on her life and how it became so small and how she was so reliant on other people. Um, and my mother is going through exactly the same thing now. And so I decided this is not the life that I want. So, you know, I did and am doing my very best to to push back on all of those things as best I possibly can. So, you know, mum had the same health issues as my grandmother in her 30s. So I'm now in my 60s and I don't have any of those things. So um, that's a good thing. I'm not sure whether I'll hold them at bay for the rest of my life, but I'm giving it a good shove back. That's for sure. <laughs> I like that. I think that's that's a good message, isn't it? To sort of we can shove things back a bit um, without maybe having to go overboard to do that too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I I, I never saw what it was like to exercise. Um, you know, mum is obese, Nana was obese as well too. So exercise was not something that I grew up around, but I know from my own perspective and how I grew up as a child in this unusual um, environment, living with my grandparents, that I found this way of playing and nurturing myself all the time. And so, and and I, I've reconnected with that. And I, and I think we can all do that, is find that thing that we did when we were younger and you know really take it through into our you know adult life as well too so it's a, it's it's a very interesting thing to do analyze ourselves I think that 
yeah analyze ourselves a little bit and maybe find out also what what's what really ticks for us what makes us have more joy because i know that's one of your big messages isn't it beyond some of the the big pillars you work on it's also about enjoying uh, and having a purpose around what you do yeah I, I think it's really really important that we do find things that we love and enjoy and i know for most women they they like walking and they'll get out and out and about and enjoy that and so i think that's a great place to start it's not exactly what we need as we're aging we do need other things other than just walking but it is a fantastic place to start for me personally like i walk every single day but it isn't i don't walk for for exercise i don't walk for my health i i walk for for me it it gives me that opportunity to connect with nature it gives me that opportunity to connect with myself so you know my first 20 minutes is always silent uh, I'm just looking around I'm just taking it all in um, and I'm and I'm, I'm amazed at how for me I just feel so small in this great world or great universe that I happen to be in and it it just you know nurtures me nourishes me uh, and just sets the day up right. And I think it's perfect for mental health as well too, you know. So I just feel emotionally and spiritually uh, connected and ready to face the day. Yeah, I love I love that. And I think I'm a walker too, but I have to be because I've got a dog. <laughs> but I used to walk anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know you're laughing. I have to walk because I've got the dog and I don't, <clears throat> now I don't have a choice. But certainly getting up and going for a walk is a joy for me, even if she's pulling like a crazy thing. It does give me a chance to get out into nature. I mean, right now it's pretty dark outside because it's winter here in Sweden and, and that's my downside. So I'm obviously looking for ways to exercise when it's not so cold and dark and icy out. But when the weather turns, I'm out walking all the time. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many other things that we can do inside the house as well, too. Uh, I mean, I live on a farm, so uh, there, there's just so much. I I can work out your, at the horse wash bay, as an example. I use the bars to pull myself up. There's just, There are so many, you know, carry the water buckets around and the feed buckets around, all those types of things. So there are so many different ways that we can exercise. But it is about finding the right type of exercise for our ageing bodies as well too, particularly when we're in this stage of life. We do need to think about, you know, building that strength in our body, keeping our body mobile, keeping that flexibility as well too, and keeping our heart strong. So there are, are certain things that we need to do. And if we're doing all of those basic things in in our routine, then what happens is we can do all the things that we love and enjoy, like the walking. So I always go back to the fact that we need to do the exercise so we can do the things that are precious to us, the things that we love and enjoy. So, And if walking is one of those things, it's like, well, what do I need to do? So if you think about, you know, that walking motion, it's a lunge. 
So we've got to keep those legs strong. We've got to keep that core strong um, to be able to keep walking. So that's why we need that mobility and that strength training to, to keep going. Yeah, I think that's something we forget. I think I'll just go for a little walk. But in fact, to be able to walk more than 10 or 15 maybe minutes, and I know that can be hard even for some people, we do need more strength. I mean, to go for a, a really good, you know, walk for a half an hour, an hour, which is when we really can be out there, as you said, communing with nature and enjoying it more, we need to be relatively fit, don't we? And, and oh, also absolutely. the terrain absolutely. is a bit up, up and down. If the terrain is up and down and it's not flat like on a road, well, we need even more kind of strength and stamina to do that. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, even if your house is has got one step up, you've got to be able to step up into your house. So you've got to be able to lift your legs up. Um, and this is something that, you know, my mother's going through now. She can't. She can't lift her legs. So uh, she can't do a step up. So even just for us to get her in a car to take her anywhere is just a, a major thing. So, and I know that there's so much information out there and there's so much available to us now that we don't want to be like that and we can change it. It's just a matter of going, well, what is going to work for me in my daily life? So find those things that work. Yes. In your program, in your online online work, you've got three key pillars. Peter, tell me a little bit about more about those. Yeah, okay. So it's all about if I just focus on the fitness aspect of it, it's about movement, it's about muscles, and it's about mind and body connection. So if you just think about moving from a walking perspective, so let's come back to the walking because everybody knows how to do that. So you're going to be moving from your hips. So if those hip flexors are tight and they're not moving properly, then that's going to limit um, that range of motion and how well we can move, it's also going to impact that core, which means we're going to have this disconnect between our upper body and our lower body. I always say catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror or a shop window as you're going past and see whether you've got that little lean forward, you know, from the hips. So if you've got that little tiny lean forward, you know what I'm talking about? You've got a smile on your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you've got that little lean forward you and, and you're on a flat surface, so you're not going uphill. So if you're on that flat surface and you've got that little lean forward, then what it means is that the core isn't being engaged. And it could come down to the fact that these the joints and the muscles are just not strong enough. And so what we want to do is do specific type of mobility movements where what we can do is get that muscle 
and that joint moving together so that we get that flexibility that we need to be able to then engage the muscles and the and the core and all of our body so it functions together so it is about connecting that mind as we're moving so even though we think walking is something that's so simple to do if we and and I've caught myself Clarissa so many times doing this I'll be walking along and then all of a sudden I think ah I've got that lean forward I haven't got my belly button pulled in so if I use my belly button like a on off switch so I just go push it on and actually take it through to my spine it means automatically I'm up taller I'm walking better it means I'm breathing better um, and I can get more movement out of that walk that I'm doing wow that's I mean you just think about that and I just thought for a moment yes how often don't we lean you know not a lot but a little bit and engaging the core as you said is is really important and I mean I, I'll admit that I've always had relatively poor core strength um, over the years uh, and I notice that when I go to do more more sort of tougher workouts in yoga or pilates that my core strength isn't as good as I think it should be now I mean you can can't, can't compare yourself with other people but it is it is really important because it does also help us to um, to uh, actually be able to stand and not fall as easily when we're old isn't that true Peter we have core strength oh look it's it's a very foundation I believe it's a very foundation of fitness is is our core because it it really is about we're using it when we sit we use it when we stand we use it when we move so if we're not using it and we're not engaging it then what it actually means is that we're compromised in any of those forms. So you even have to think about our lifestyle now. So most of the time we sit at the desk, like you and I are sitting here now. And so, um, or we're on the phone, aren't we? So we've got this little phone in front of us and we've got our head down. And so our posture is totally being compromised in just these everyday life activities that we're doing. And so it does come down to, right, I need to think about this. I need to engage myself when I sit. I need to engage myself when I stand and when I move. And so, you know, even just thinking about where is the placement of my feet when I sit? So are my ankles in line with my knees and my knees in line with my hips and my hips in line with my shoulders? So if that's the case, then that means that I can now actually engage my core and I'm going to sit up better. I'm going to use better posture. And it means that there's a whole host of things that's going to get that, the body circulating better. It means that we're going to breathe better. We're going to even have a better mood. You, you think about it. If you're slumped over and you're just, you know, slouching when you're walking or you're sitting, it does affect your confidence and it affects how you feel about yourself as well too. And so it really has such a massive, massive impact on every single thing that we do. Yeah, I can't, that's so kind of true because, yeah, but we don't think about how much 
when we sit up, when we engage our core, we're actually able to breathe better and deeper. Uh, and I think that's a that's a huge benefit. And, and I found out that being able to breathe better helps you with your pelvic floor too, uh, improves your stress management. I mean, there are massive things about engaging your core and just being able to open up your chest that is so beneficial, isn't it, Peter? Yeah, it is. And and for a lot of us girls, we don't actually realise that as we're going through um, menopause, and I know that in Australia, one in three Australian women have pelvic floor issues, and we don't actually realise that the pelvic floor is part of our core. And so if we're getting that weaker weaker core and we're not actually using those pelvic floor muscles and thinking about using them and engaging them, then it means that we're going to have a heck of a time as as we're aging as well. So it's a, it's a bit of a problem because we lose around 50% of our, our connectivity and our muscle strength in during those menopausal years in our pelvic floor alone. So that's massive. Yeah, well, that was the first time I've heard such a big figure put on that. And I was like, whoa, that is, that is massive. And, you know, engaging your core as well as obviously, because that helps your pelvic floor, helps with so much else, doesn't it? So there we've got improved pelvic floors. We're able to move better, do more things that we, we like. So so important. You also talk a lot about like the muscle side of things. And obviously there's huge muscle deterioration, isn't there, in these menopausal years? Oh, Tell absolutely. Us a bit more about yeah. that. I mean, what's really going on? Like our muscle starts to deteriorate from the age of 30. So if we're not doing any type of um, muscle type exercises, strength type exercises, you know, by the time we're getting to our 60s and our 70s and 80s and even 90s, you know, we can, we can potentially have lost quite a big percentage of our muscle. So if you think about any frail woman that you've seen in her 80s or 90s, that's because that muscle has just declined over those years. And our flexibility, here's the real kicker though, flexibility declines from our puberty. So, <laughs> so, so that I know, I know, shake your head about that one. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. And I I was talking to a friend the other day and her daughter does cheerleading. And I can see like she's 16, she's going on 17. So when she was younger doing cheer, you know, she was doing all her handstands and the tumbles and, you know, all the other things that go on with cheerleading. And she was doing them so easily, whereas now, like she still does them, which is fantastic, but you can see how that flexibility that she had, you know, years ago is not the same as what she's got now. And so very, very important that we do some form of flexibility type of training as well. So yeah, muscles, flexibility, so, so critical. And I, I think sometimes what happens is that we think 
if we do some, if we lift weights, what's going to happen is we're going to end up looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, and that's not the case. We're not built that way. So we're never going to end up looking like him. So we can do strength training. We can lift those weights, but we can get really, really scared of lifting weights. Um, and, and so what we want to do is we want to start with little tiny weights, you know, two kilos and three kilo weights. And if that's all you can do, then fantastic. But I always challenge my ladies to go, okay, pick up your handbag and now throw your handbag on the scale and tell me how much it weighs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. If you have, yeah, yeah. And if you have grandkids, tell me how much they weigh as well too, because you can bet your bottom dollar you're picking up those grandkids. And if you are, then that three kilo weight you're picking up is nowhere near the same weight as that grandchild or that handbag that you're carrying around. And so it means that that's just a, a mindset that you have that you can't lift any heavier, but you can. You can do it. Yeah, I, you can do that. And I think you said that and I thought shock. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ping bags, and how often don't I just carry those into the car and lift them up on the bench top. And I think, oh, some of those are pretty. They're more than five kilos and they can be closer to 10 sometimes by the time, you know, you've packed in all your milk and that, yeah. Yeah. And I often talk about this thing called the, the slippery slope. And so if you think about it, you know, were you in the past carrying in three bags of groceries in both hands from the car to your kitchen bench. And now you're only carrying two bags or one bag. So
So that's a clear indication that you are on this slippery slope, that your strength has declined. And there are so many everyday activities that you can look at around the house that will tell you whether you've got that decline in those two areas. So if you think about um, your shoes as an example, so we normally in the past would have had stood to take our shoes off. So are you now sitting to take your shoes off? Are you putting a hand down when you go to sit? Oh boy, yes, of course, yeah. And are you, you know, are you getting into those corner cupboards in your kitchen? And so you're getting things out and then all of a sudden you can't get up or you can get up, but you're reaching up to the cupboard and you're using the cupboard to pull yourself up. So that's a clear indication that we've lost a little bit of strength, probably flexibility, probably mobility, and probably uh, a little bit of core strength along the way as well too. So many things. I heard someone the other day tell me that they were going out to buy a new bed and they were looking to see how much that bed actually weighed because they were struggling to lift the corner of their bed when they were tucking in their sheets. Amazing. That's amazing. I mean, and wow. Yeah, I mean, that's not something we think about. No, you haven't thought about it. I mean, I think about that and I think, wow, those are everyday tasks. I mean, your vacuum cleaner's quite heavy. You're and you're carrying out the rubbish and and, and all of those things. I mean, and even when you said some of those things, I think, well, yeah, I've noticed, not me not sitting down, but I've noticed that if I'm down on the ground on both knees, I don't find it so easy just to pop up like I once did. I do need my hand to kind of get me up if I'm doing the fire. Now, the fire's quite low down, but even so, in the past, I just would have got up. Well, I don't find that quite as easy now. I need one hand to get me up. And I'm like, mm, that that's a loss of strength. It is a loss of strength. And, and little things like your washing basket. So are you now putting the washing basket into the trolley and then taking the, the uh, washing out of the washing machine and putting it straight into the washing basket as opposed to you may have been putting, and I still do this, I put my washing basket on the floor so that I'm actually putting it down onto the floor and then what I'm doing is I'm leaning down and I'm using a squat to lift it up and I'm making sure that I use my core strength. So I'm really thinking about the things that I'm doing around the house and just what can happen. Even like washing up or thinking about lifting a saucepan with one hand. You know, those heavy saucepans when you start to fill them up with your cooking and everything like that. Are you now using two hands and you used to use one? Or are you using some type of gripping um, apparatus to open jars and bottles that you used to be able to open? Yeah, amazing, amazing things because they are real good indicators that you can do something, you need to do something. And, and flexibility, I mean, I'm, I'm still amazed at how many women 
can't touch their toes. You know, and that just when you say that to can you that's that's way beyond a lot of people's people's reach to do that. But even as you said, it's it's the gripping strength, it's being able to bend down, it's being able to pick up heavy things. And of course, as we get older, those really impact the quality of our life because it doesn't get better unless we do something about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting in cars, driving cars, making your bed washing, cooking, cleaning, all of those things. Um, if we don't stay strong, we can't do them. Washing up, you know, there. and I always think about, okay, what is the action that I'm doing when I'm doing that? So what type of muscle, what type of exercise do I need to do in order to keep that strength? That's a good one. So what are some of the things that women can do to prevent but also if they notice that they have weakened in some way well the first thing is always awareness so if you've become aware of it um actually say to yourself yep okay i've noticed this and acknowledge it then the second part of it is okay so what do i need to do in order to change this so the shoes is a great one because I caught myself sitting down and I'm thinking, why am I sitting down to take off my shoes? Because I can bend over and t- take my laces off. I can actually stand on one foot and I can undo my laces. So why am I starting to sit down? Um, and it was just this natural thing that was happening to me. And, and so I went, okay, I have to stop. So I slow myself down and now I stand on one foot and I undo my shoelaces and I take my shoes and socks off after a walk or after an exercise session. So um, I think it is always awareness, then actually starting to slow yourself down to reconnect with the motion or the action that you used to take in the past. And then from there, just being very conscious each and every time you go to do it that you do it to the best of your ability. So one of the things that I've just recently um, noticed about myself was I haven't felt like I'm still lifting the same type of weights that I, I used to lift, but I went, I don't feel as strong in myself. And, and so I started to analyze that and think about it once I became aware of it and I went you know what I used to strength train five days a week and over the last couple of years I've only been doing it three times a week but that's just me personally so I have now made a commitment to myself that I'm going back to that because if I don't keep the strength now in my 60s that I had in my 40s what's the impact of that when I get to my 80s yeah, definitely, definitely. And that flow-on effect is really important. It's like if you don't if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So getting that back is really important. Um, and and of course, when you say strengthening, it doesn't always mean lifting weights, does it? I mean, there can be many ways to strength train. Oh, absolutely. There's there's heaps of ways that you can strength train. So you can use weights. You can uh, use resistance bands. 
you can uh, use your body. Um, they're three of the areas that we actually use in our FitFlex program. So we use all three of those and we mix it up because I believe it's very important that you have variety, that it's all that your workout itself always changes and always challenges you. If you go and do the same thing day in and day out, your body gets real smart and it knows how to shortcut everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and it won't work as hard as it used to. <laughs> and so, so, so we have to keep mixing it up and uh, yeah, so that's what we keep doing. And look, you can go and use weight machines or resistance machines as well too. So there's lots of different things that you can do to build that strength in your body. But it is always about having something heavier against you. Yeah, so you're always working in some way against some resistance. So whether that's, like you said, weights and obviously is an obvious one. And there's many ways, aren't there? There's kettles and dumbbells and bar weights. Um, And resistance. I've got one of these um, fit stick, fit stick things. You know, these things with the resistance, but they've got like a resistance. They've been great. I love that. Yeah, and they're really good for... Um, like mobility as well too so if you get the right motion with that so you can really work on you know your shoulder strength um, your core strength as well too Um, and it depends on how those bars are working for you yeah definitely definitely they're they're a great little tool as well too so so many ways to do it and and no there's so many ways I love that and you can let go Go on. <laughs> you go. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so sometimes we think we don't have enough time either. So time is always that thing that we go, oh, I don't have enough time to exercise, you know. And I always say it's about moving more often. So you can do a fitness session in the morning, but then if you go and sit for eight hours during the day, then, you know, some of the benefits that you've already got has been lost. So what you want to do is find ways to move. And so one of my favorite things to do is every time I get up and go to the bathroom, do some form of exercise. So, you know, do some push-ups on the vanity when you, you know, when you're washing your hands, do some squats when you go to the bathroom. Do some elevated push-ups when you're boiling the kettle. There's all sorts of different things that you can do um, to actually just get your heart rate up. And really, you know, just for a minute, just get your heart rate going. Just get a little bit of movement going in your everyday movements that you're doing, you know, instead of sitting. I mean, I had on my wish list for Christmas... I wanted a mini trampoline. So I got one of those. Yes. <laughs> so it's yes. it's sitting here next to my desk. So I've got some little hand weights. And so every hour I get up and I jump on this mini tam- trampoline and, you know, I've got my weights going with me <laughs> like a real clown. Um, but, yeah, I get my heart rate <laughs> up and uh, I feel good and I've changed the energy and the physiology of my body. And uh, yeah, I just feel great to keep going then after I've done that. So yeah, we can do so many different things. I love that. I love that mini trampoline. I'm, I've been looking at one of those and thinking, oh, I should get one, especially because right out now, I mean, it is very cold for me and lots of people in the Northern Hemisphere will be saying, well, 
it's very cold and it's very very icy and it's not being out isn't much fun so I thought I'd get one of these trampolines and now you've inspired me Peter oh definitely get one I love one that they, they, they they're fantastic and they're so and, and here's the thing about this this trampoline I love jumping so and I love I love that feeling on the trampolines at the at the park or with my grandkids, right? And so what I've done is I've taken something that I loved as a child and I've brought it into my life now in my 60s, which is to jump around and just have a bit of fun with it. And that's what it's about, <laughs> is finding that little bit of fun. Oh gosh, yeah. Sometimes exercise feels so serious and intense, but I love that sense that you can have a lot of fun and bring, you know, childlike fun into it. And that's lovely. And it feels like, you know, trampolines or things like that can definitely do that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I alluded to this earlier when we started, you know, some of the things that I like doing as a child was uh, jumping on my swing. Now, swings weren't like swings are now, you know, with all the safety things. <laughs> so it was just like this A-frame thing and we just move it around the house depending on what time of year it was. So if we wanted to be in the sun or the shade, you know, you just move it. And I would swing like crazy on this swing. And what would happen is I would never think about the fact that that thing could topple over at any point. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing that I love doing was climbing trees. And so for me, like I love rock climbing, rock scrambling. They're just, uh, so I'm taking that thing that I loved from climbing a tree to actually into my life now. So when I go hiking, I can do this rock scrambling or I can go to an indoor, you know, uh, rock climbing uh, facility and I can do some rock climbing so it just helps me reconnect to my inner child I love that and I think that that's a really good tip actually for the listeners you know what did you used to enjoy uh, and love as a child and how do you how do you bring that you know I I love swinging too and I, we used to swing and we had a big a-frame double one and we used to swing as high as we could and we had like remember 1970s when you had clogs we used to work. we used to see how far you could fl flick the clog except that we had a greenhouse in front of us <laughs> but it <laughs> yeah because they were solid <laughs> but I love that I love that and I think to the listeners you know what did you love to do as a child did you love riding on your bike or jumping in muddy ponds or whatever it was you did that sense of how you bring that fun back in, I think makes exercise stick, doesn't it, Peter? Oh, it does. But always think about it. Okay, so I like I like rock climbing and I like rock scrambling. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to do the serious part of it as well too. So it, it always comes down to why is it important to me? What is it that I want to do? And so for me, I want to be the grandmother who's running around the yard. And if I think about Christmas Day, you know, all the kids are going, come on, let's play tag. And you're it. I'm it. I have to chase all the grandkids around, you know. And I go, well, 
once I tag you, you're then on my team. So, <laughs> so, um, but in order to do, I, I want to be that grandmother who's actively involved rather than that grandmother who's having to sit on the sidelines and watch and drink the cup of tea as much as I like drinking a cup of tea as well too. Um, they are moments that these grandkids will remember and they will always cherish. You know, I think about the fact that I never had that with my grandmother because uh, she couldn't do any of those things. She was stuck in the house. So, and it's something that I missed out on. And, and you know, and I'm sure that there are many of us who have seen the decline of someone that we loved and cherished and it, and it really, you know, pulls at our heartstrings and we know that that's something that we don't want and so if we can stay connected to that and think about it, you know, we don't want to be all doom and gloom but we do want to think about, well, what is it, can I, what can I do now, what can't I do now and if I can't do it now, then what does that mean to me in the future? And so that means I do need to do something now. And so let me go about doing something. And if you have to start with something, you know, go and start working on your core strength. That's the very, very first place that I would suggest starting. But yes, go and find something that you love and enjoy as well too, because that's going to give you that sense of, um, commitment to yourself, that sense of joy, and it's also going to um, keep you moving forward, doing the mundane stuff that you need to do in order to do the joyful things. Oh, and that is such a beautiful place for us to end this interview. Um, before we go, I would love for you to share how people can get in touch with you, join your program. Mm. Um, okay, so it's uh, Strong Healthy Women, so all the W's. And uh, so what I'll do is I'll send you a couple of links if you like. I do have a Stronger Core, Stronger Body Challenge coming up for five days. Starts on the 24th of January. So I will shoot you that link, Clarissa, if anybody is interested in joining it joining me to do that so it doesn't matter what your fitness level is I'm going to start with the absolute basics and so you're going to learn how to engage your pelvic floor how to engage your core and learn the exercises that are pelvic floor and core safe and that's what's important because there are many exercises that we do that may be compromising it and there's a lot of exercises that we wouldn't be aware of that will impact us as well too because one of the things that you mentioned earlier was kettlebells and I was going to say um, be wary of kettlebells if you've got a weak pelvic floor yeah yeah they they can be challenging I I only do them occasionally and prefer, I prefer barbells myself or even a or or even a band because I sometimes find wow some of the kettles are they're really quite heavy and challenging sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just where you hold them and where you throw them around that's important. Mm. So, mm. Good, good piece of advice there. Peter, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing 
your knowledge, your passion, your energy. It was it was great. And I hope that many of the listeners have gained so much value from that and are going to get out there and think about how they move and the importance of core strength. Thank you. Thank you so much, Clarissa. I really appreciate it. And I hope the ladies get something out of it as well too.